The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garan Perro columnist for Stockit. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Interesting one today, the company is Strategic Energy Resources. The code is SER, trading at 1.4 cents for a market cap of around $7 million. So very lightly capitalised. This is a, an explorer with a bit of a difference. It describes itself as a specialised undercover mineral explorer and project generator focused on greenfield frontiers in Australia. So essentially it's looking for the next generation of giant deposits. And to that end, a few things have been gelling on, the, on the, that front for the company recently. And we've uh, invited in a Dr. David Di Tata, the MD, to give us a rundown on where the company's at. G'day, David. Welcome to the podcast. Afternoon, Barry. Great to be here. Interesting because um, despite that uh, modest market cap, I'm hearing a lot around town about uh, should be watching this Kenobi joint venture in northwest Queensland where you've got uh, magmatic uh, nickel sulfide uh, targets uh, that you're, you're drilling and it's in a, a joint venture with uh, Fortescue Metals. So give us a rundown on just what's happening at Kenobi. The Kenobi project it's all started back in 2016 when it was a high-grade gold project. Um, I came to the company as, and that was an existing asset. And we followed that up with a couple of drilling programs where we continued to understand what was happening at the project. We extended the strike of the gold, but it remained deep, so 600 plus metres. And for a junior explorer to raise capital, to continue chasing something at 600 metres is very difficult. So we then turned to the greater area and the drill holes that surrounded it, which are outside of tenure. We quickly discovered there were over 30 drill holes that really no one had paid any attention to. Anglo-Ashanti had had a crack, Anglo-American, all of them had identified nickel in the region and other base metals, but no one had really given it the effort that it was required. So we took this approach of being an undercover explorer and, and project generator and decided we'd capture the whole belt. And it turned out we could capture 1,800 square kilometres without anyone else in or around us simply because for the perception is it's too deep. Um, so since then, uh, undertaking the drilling, we've systematically de-risked the project, run multiple gravity surveys across it, attracted a fair bit of um, co-funding from the Queensland government, thank you very much, put some drill holes in, and in 2021, we had two drill holes that both intersected large um, intersects of nickel, so in particular, one of them was 132 metres at point one. So we confirmed that there is mineralisation, that it is at depth, and from that point onward, we systematically de-risked it further in the event that we would need to raise money and do the next drill hole. Now, for the past 18 months, we've been back and forth with um, discussions with a number of majors who are looking for tier one style deposits at depth. And one of those is Fortescue. And around the middle of the year, we all the dancing led to a conclusion where we signed a joint venture. To put the joint venture into perspective, FMG are looking for tier one copper deposits under cover. And they have the budget to look and the search base is our search base. So we are aggressively now on ground. We've announced already that we've put our first draw hole. We started um, earlier on in the month and Fortescue are putting in $8 million worth of expenditure. 
um, across the project for six and across the next six years. So we see this project as a real testament for our strategy. We've been able to attract a major and not only just that, but the competence in the region because it takes a lot to convince a major that it's worth putting in 800 plus meter drill holes in search of the next discovery. And I understand um, the initial program targeting a, a magnetic uh, nickel target and three ISCG targets, is that right? That's right. We managed to secure more funding from the Queensland government's uh, CEI program to advance a magmatic nickel target. And we generate that target independently. We attracted some co-government funding around 250K and that's been rolled into the joint venture because FMG have decided that that hole's worth drilling and certainly the money's worth taking. And then following it up with three targets that FMG have identified, prioritized, and are of the belief that they should be drill tested. And, and these targets range in depth from 800 to 1200 meters. So there's confidence in the targets that they've generated. They are at depth and they've um, invested some time and effort into ensuring that SER is the operator. So we are hands-on at the moment with the drill rig um, pursuing the first target. Now, Northwest Queensland, it's a big space. So I was just wondering, can you give investors a feel for roughly where it is, Kenobi? Kenobi Project is about 150 kilometres north of Ernest Henry, which is you know, yeah, obviously near Concari. And that was the attraction for this project. And if you take the same package of rocks that Ernest Henry's located in, sitting on the Gidea Fault, um, and follow that fault undercover as the amount of cover gets deeper and deeper, you end up following the, Qu the Quamby Fault, which runs right through our gentleman area. And that was the reason for us extending our tenure north and south from that original 2016 position because we think the next turn is Henry and Magnetite ISCG quite possibly could be along that fault and the number of magmatic, or sorry, magnetic um, anomalies that we're targeting are all representative of something that could be mineralized. So very much, uh, well, potentially could open a new frontier here. Well, I think so. Uh, for a long time, the existing drill holes in the region were looked over and the company, yeah, Project Generators, we like to challenge some of the existing norms about exploration spaces. And we see a, a, an area where there's lack of tenement uptake as an opportunity, not so much um, a conventional way of thinking for a junior. We see there's a reason there's a, and there's a reason no one's there, but it's also the opportunity. So we challenge that thinking and that's exactly what's led us to this point. So uh, any feel for when uh, the ever impatient market might see some uh, assay results from this drilling program? Uh, I think if you take three to four weeks for each drill hole, it does take a while to get down to 800 plus metres. Uh, we're starting looking towards the end of October and into November, and we're confident that we can um, drill as many rigs, as many um, drill holes as possible in that time. Certainly, FMG got one hand on our back, ensuring that we're um, remain accountable. And so, from that point, end of uh, October right through to December, we should have some results. Do you think this uh, relationship with FMG uh, and the joint venture has sunk in with the market? Uh, FMG is not; they talk very little about their. Uh, uh, base metals or uh, minerals exploration outside of their iron ore business, of course. Um, so do you think it's one that's uh, slipped through the cracks in terms of market recognition for the company? Strategic, it is? Yeah, abs absolutely. They do have some joint ventures. We actually have a joint venture with FMG looking for sediment-hosted copper in South Australia. Um, that's something we haven't been able to talk about because uh, we signed that in 2019 and we're only now uh, able to get on the ground. So they do have joint venture projects across Australia. But I think this is unique in that in order for drilling to commence almost immediately, remember we signed this agreement in, um, in June, July, and now we're already on ground. They've taken the position that uh, they're gonna let the junior operate, which is a, a 
different way for a major, to, particularly FMG, to go about business. They have said you have the access agreements, you have the on-ground relationships. Uh, we'll give you the targets. You get on get on there and drill. So. I think that's another aspect that I think the market hasn't understood either in our competence in actually undertaking all levels of exploration. Now, um, another project of interest, uh, Eyes and North, you're calling it. I think you're planning to call it uh, post the Kenobi uh, program and possibly first essays before the end of the year. Um, now, this one's created a lot of industry, um, and it's not market recognition yet, but a lot of industry recognition because I understand there's been a bit of You've created a bit of a pegging rush there, including FMG, Rio Tinto, Aglar American, and others. Absolutely. That's uh, another Greenfield Frontier that was the project itself is about 150 Ks northwest of the Isaac project, of the, um, sorry, the Kenobi project. Uh, we identified this project as part of uh, exactly what led us towards increasing the tenement holding at Kenobi. If you look at um, True North Copper, some of the results they've put out this week, you follow the same package of rocks and the system that control, controls that north, undercover, you end up in Eyes and North. Uh, and that's our project. And that's one of the reasons why we stake the, the project in particular. And since getting the project, you, you did right. We find ourselves surrounded again by who else but Fortescue. Uh, Rio and Anglo-American are all in there. And we came in with a traditional IOCG style model of what might be possible in the tenement that we currently hold. Um, and I think conventional wisdom's changed. We've identified uh, the possibility for sediment-hosted copper, which is more familiar with um, deposits to the south, and I think some of the majors have as well, and that led to a pegging rush. Now, drilling's on the cards for, for the project. It's a rig availability issue at the moment, given I think if the opportunity arises, we'll probably end up with more than one rig at Kenobi just to make sure we can drill as much as we can. But we've also planned an alternative um, geophysical program up there, which is an MT survey to try and understand a bit more of what's happening and that'll definitely go ahead in October. And is that 100% uh, strategic or is the plan to bring in a JV partner? At the moment, it's 100% uh, SER. With a project generation model, at some point, you're going to end up drilling lots and lots of deep holes because um, that project's um, not at surface either. So we're, we're always looking at um, joint venture partners a bit of ability to take it to that next step. I opened up with the, you know, the, the, the company's uh, catch price, specialised undercover. Um, and tell us a bit about this science-driven um, technical team that you've got there that is putting together these opportunities. The science-driven focus, I've already mentioned it really, goes back to uh, challenging some of the reasons why tenements aren't taken up in certain geological provinces. So a good example of that is our Monday project and, and an announcement today. We uh, put out that we are running an MT survey, so magnetic telluric survey, across an anomaly that was discovered originally as part of the LAMP, OzLAMP project, and then furthermore as a, um, another MT project, broad scale in the region and results released by a Geological Survey, a Geological Survey of New South Wales. And we pride ourselves on being first to get our hands on that pre-competitive data in regions where there are no tenements and really questioning whether or not the new data adds value and whether or not there's an opportunity. And so that science-driven approach all comes back to being first on the breaking science from those institutions, CSIRO, Geoscience Australia, all the geological surveys where they're trying to open up these search spaces. So being first, reinterpreting, taking a different view and then staking as much ground as we can and slowly de-risking a project. And the end result or part of the end um, solution can be uh, take different shapes, i.e. the JV with uh, Fortescue, but um, I saw... East Tenant 
uh, project, which was, again, Geoscience Australia sort of driven. You guys were early on the scene there and you've packed your bags but taken an equity interest in putting the uh, your interest across into uh, the ASX-listed uh, Middle Islands. So various ways of realising value. Yeah, that was that's another great illustration of what we're trying to do as a, as a company. At some point, you spread yourself too thin. And projects will always present themselves, but you really need someone who is experienced in the region, who is dedicated in understanding not just what the project holds, but the greater um, tenements that they might hold or the greater prospectivity of the area. So Middle Island for us was a, a great opportunity. They've got quite a considerable tenement holding in the region. They're focused on continuing to explore in that area. We know the geos quite well and they're a great team behind them. So. That was an outcome for us that allowed us to keep exposure to not just our tenements, but the broader broader package. So it's the East Tenor region. I think there's a story left to be told. Uh, it's unfortunate at the moment that a lot of the exploration in the area is being hindered by some quite significant bushfires, but we look to MDI and hope that they can push forward that project. So that uh, shareholding you have in Middle Island, that's uh, still around 15% or so? Uh, yes, it's just shy of uh, 15%. That was a, a transaction that allowed it to move through quickly. Um, and we're quite grateful that it has gone through, and we are we are, yeah we look forward to some news from those guys. Okay, so you have some other projects. Uh, which ones should we uh, be focusing on? Well, we've mentioned the two Queensland projects and the Monday project, and and they're really um, what's in store for us on ground in the next three to six months. We've also got quite a package of tenements in New South Wales, which were part of the geological survey of New South Wales. Um, their collaboration with Minex CRC, where they identified areas of called mineral allocation areas, so frontier regions that they wanted to open up for greenfields exploration, and um, that explains exactly why we're in Mundi, and it explains some of our Cobal projects. So we've undertaken a broad package of landholder engagements across New South Wales just recently as part of a field trip, and we're planning now our um, on-ground exploration efforts uh, into next year. But certainly with rig spinning at the moment half of our team up in Queensland, the other half waiting to go up to Queensland. We've got our hands full at the moment. Again, it's a matter of um, uh, putting things in a pipeline and um, watching them come out the other end, either in a, a joint venture or a 100% own discovery. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We just have to keep the process moving. And um, one of the advantages of we see for us, if we take the Middle Island transaction um, as an example, allows us exposure, allows us um, any exposure in the region or around, in, around the tenements, but also allows us to live another day and generate the next round of projects. Not, a, not every project is gonna end up in a mine, and we're very cognizant of that, but we have to either um, invest in early stage exploration with the point of having it moving on to someone who can take it to the next level to keep the project generation going. Question for you, um, the market cap, uh, what do you make of that, uh, given that you're obviously highly leveraged to a, uh, a discovery, particularly, uh, well, it's the closest thing you get to a, an oil, a discovery of an oil field when uh, you're sticking a hole in a frontier area and if you come up with something half decent. 6.8 million doesn't seem a lot in the market cap. No, you know, it, it doesn't. The transaction with FMG took quite a long time to eventuate. There were a lot of back and forth. Um, as I said, the operator, being an operator, complicated things from the beginning. And really we got into a position where we couldn't undertake much exploration in the lead up to it because we didn't want to spend money because we didn't just simply didn't have it, but couldn't raise the back of it. And we took the opportunity that, um, in announcing the joint venture to undertake a capital raise. 
with the, with the crew of Bell Potter. They were fantastic in um, getting the story out to people that really understood what we're trying to do. I suppose we lost some of the upside there. We could have announced and then gone into a capital raise, but we thought that we should be rewarding our current shareholders and new investors into the company. So I think that's probably put a bit of a cap on it. And now we're at this point, everyone's just waiting for the drill results, as you said, and we can't predict too accurately uh, when they're going to come about, but we're certainly putting as many holes in Kenobi as we can. So we might uh, repeat ourselves here, but it's a good idea, I think, to uh, leave investors with a feel for what they... uh should be looking out for and in this case uh, normally I say 6 to 12 months but I think uh, we'll restrict it to the next 6 months because plenty of action yeah that's right plenty of action the next 6 months with the Kenobi project in full swing and FMG paying the bills we're looking to test as many tier 1 style um, drill targets as possible and hopefully the next discovery will be made and just to in case any investors are uh, concerned you're, you are operated Kenobi and uh, given the market disclosure rules, um, it's not as if um, Fortescue would prevent you from announcing anything of interest uh, when you wanted to. You'd have to announce it immediately, I guess. Uh, they're fully cognizant of our continuous disclosure obligations and we'll ensure that we uh, can update the market as soon as we can. Well, a fascinating story, David. Um, one thing I will check on the way out, though, is uh, just give us a feel for what the share register looks like. Pretty tight at the moment. We have Dad Capital that own uh, 13 plus percent. Um, he's a well-known investor and podcaster uh, out of Melbourne. And then we have board management and affiliated groups taking up the majority. Um, the capital raise brought in some significant holders um, in the last round. So it's pretty stable, top 20, around 53%. Um, and then there's a lot of shareholders with small holdings that, that are all been waiting for the, the next discovery. Great stuff. All right, folks, there we go. Very interesting story. SER, Strategic Energy Resources, drilling with in partnership with FMG at Tier 1 Targets. So interesting to watch this one in the uh, coming months. So thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all, David. We'll be watching with interest. Thank you very much.